Adventist Recap. I'm Britt. I'm Tim. And today we are recapping Married at First Sight, Season 14, Episode 14. It's just a blip. It's just a blip, baby. It's just a blip. Apparently the most impactful statement that anyone could ever say. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for being with us this morning. It is with gratitude and love in our hearts that we welcome you to this podcast. <laughs> to this sound <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for choosing this podcast to fulfill your Married at First Sight needs. We are very thankful you're here with us. We are. Very so. thankful. This is a week that we've been waiting for for a while. There's just like, there's a special kind of enjoyment and entertainment when you smash them all together on the retreat at this point in the game. Oh, yeah. Because it's like, at this point, we have resentments. We have, uh, like, tensions and drama between not only couples, but sometimes between others. It's just, it's a fabulous shit show. We have people trending upward. Mm-hmm. We have couples trending downward. Yeah. We have some serious questions about some couples that we thought were for sure going to be yes. And now maybe we don't know. Mm. Maybe we have a crock pot couple <laughs> that is blossoming and oh, heating up. Into a gorgeous brisket. Into a brisket of sorts. <laughs> um Yeah. Okay. Let's just go. Well, and like, I'm just going to put out the layout of the way the retreat went down. So we have road, we have road trip there. We have, um, separate boy, girl time. Then we have group dinner. Number one. Then the next day we have personal dates Mm -hmm. and the next day we have, or is it all in one day? Two nights. I know. Okay. But the like, they go on their personal thing. And then the second half of the day is field date. was field day. Then we have group dinner number two, game night, shit show, and then conclusion. Some of us make it home. Some of us make it to a lo- local urgent care. So much to unpack. <laughs> oh, and it's also Easter weekend. So we hope that you are have some fun plans in store. And we are actually doing this much earlier than we're used to because we're about to head out for the weekend. We're going to go have our own retreat, but with no other couples. Thank no God. other couples. No, please. No, you're not invited. Okay. So let's start. <sighs> it's like, I don't want to do I know, it. But we have to. But it kind of has, it to, has be to be done. Who do you think we're talking about? Folks. Mark and Lindsay, perhaps. Perhaps. Perhaps, of course. So they're coming off of those breakthroughs, right? Mm-hmm. With um, Dr. Pepper and Pastor Cal. It's been about three days, I think, since all of that. So, like, we find out almost right away that, like, they've been on a good streak. They haven't had an explosive fight in 48 hours and deserve a blue ribbon. So, yeah, I mean, they generally, like, I would say the first most noteworthy thing is we've got jacuzzi time for the girls and we've got cooking time for the guys where everyone, (laughs) where no one actually is doing anything. Yeah, where everyone watches Steve Cook. So jacuzzi ladies time, I would say Lindsay definitely takes up the most space and oxygen in this moment. 
And she's just, and I would venture to say she's probably at least a couple drinks in at this point already. And it might be sensitive to extreme heat in the way that I am, because I recognize it. When you're like bobbing up and down and you like love the beginning of the kakuzi, but within four minutes, you're like completely overheating. Yeah. She didn't look super comfortable. No, she she just didn't. But she goes on her whole, like, we get a lot of Lindsay lamenting. We get a lot of lamentations, De La Lindsay, this weekend. And it starts right away. We've got the classic. You know, caring for Mark is a full-time job. I mean, the things that I do for him, the things that I have lined up next week, I mean, it's just hard when the person that you're with is just constantly falling apart, falling apart. I mean, I don't know. I didn't sign up to be a caretaker or a mom. Here's the thing, and this drives me crazy. If you don't want to be a mom, don't act like a mom. Stop Like, it's not that diff. Like, oh my gosh. He's not... Okay, uh, the woman that came on after party, who's from the other pod, one of the other pods, (laughs) she made an amazing point, which is Lindsay's the kind of person who will give you the shirt off her back. Yes. And then she will proceed to remind you every 15 minutes that she gave you the shirt off her back. And that is just what we've been dealing with with Lindsay from basically week two, right? Because she was so, because everything in his life did start to crumble while they were on the honeymoon. But she's been talking about, I've done everything for you, hazmat suit, um, your life in shambles, me being there for you. She's been saying that shit yeah. for the last four weeks. And I find it interesting because Mark is like, um, my life's not. In shambles, like he couldn't act. Like I mean, regardless of what is I mean, actually it is, going but on he with was his embarrassed life, embarrassed, and he's like, "Fuck you!" Like, well, he doesn't. He, you wouldn't know by the way he acts. No, that anything is wrong with his life. No, she <laughs> would say that you would know, but that's because he has mixed feelings towards her. Yeah, and so he's not always excited about her because she's freaking stressful. So that was just already tiresome. You're like, oh, here we go. The Lindsay lamentations have begun. She is back. Remember how we talked about there was like this beautiful window of time where she took some responsibility and she let her guard down and she stopped making it all about what he's not doing it for her. Mm-hmm. And she shared like why she leads with these strong reactions. She basically never trusts that anyone's going to really take her point or really take her in or really hear her out. So it leads to these explosive things or carrying on a bad mood about a single stupid comment in the morning for an entire day to prove your point because you're worried if you go back to a good mood, that person will no longer think that what they did to you was wrong. Yeah. Like she has these very like, these, these, whatever. These are her standards. These are her, this is like her system in place in her head, you know? And you watch it in action the whole weekend. So, I mean, and I just thought it was interesting when we got Jasmina admitting in an interview very early on in the retreat that she just has no clue if they'll last because every other day it's something else, which I just always think it's interesting to hear someone else's perspective. Mm -hmm. Group dinner night one. We get the first appearance of Mm -hmm. what 
Ugh. I'm trying to locate. I'm the trying maniacal to, Joker laugh. The maniacal Joker laugh. I mean, if I, I can't remember what she does for a living, but if it doesn't work out, I'm pretty sure she could get like a cartoon villain voice work <laughs> because <laughs> totally. this laugh is something else, and it makes its first but not its last yep. appearance at this dinner. We Everyone I actually, feels very uncomfortable. I have a clip because I just think that there's nothing that can do this justice. Okay. By our words. Okay. Let's do this. like wait but like it actually never ends it's like re-listening to it makes me just think of uh gives me chills dr evil at austin powers yeah (laughs) they all do the maniacal group laugh so i guess it came up that mark has lost some weight and she of course in Lindsay fashion has to take full credit for that that's because i'm not letting him eat sodium and your wife's the best thing that's ever happened to you. This is also the beginning of she speaks in what I feel like is a black woman accent that she basically ramps up in intensity throughout the entire weekend. And it makes me progressively more and more uncomfortable. Okay. Yeah. Like this is. It isn't, comes out more when she drinks. Too. Yeah. It's not just like, yes, girl. It's like, it's totally, it just feels inauthentic and it's freaking annoying. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So this happens. Everyone is desperately uncomfortable. It's one of many times where she leaves the group feeling like completely speechless and looking around all with Mark wide eyes, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and the funny part though is like after that, she like one of them said like you know we've actually been doing well for the last couple days da 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 and then someone makes a comment yeah i mean mark hasn't made his big eyes at you once since you guys got here <laughs> i love that other people know <laughs> me too i the, just uh, 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 the eye bulge yeah i love that like in real life in real time they were noticing the eye bulging i mean i don't know how you couldn't but yeah so then, I mean, that night, she's, like, trying to yank his pants off in bed. It's awkward. Yeah, nothing really else happens Her that bedtime night, antics, I, morning or night. Okay, so, yes, this leads into the so morning. so annoying. She wakes up by, like, poking him and, like, getting into crevices. I started <laughs> actually shivering when I was watching this. It's, ugh, I hate that. She does the same shit in the car, too, when they're driving. Yes, so he's God. like, I'm like, that would be the most annoying. I remember when, like, I know exactly what Mark's talking about. When I was a kid growing up, my mom would come into the room mm-hmm. and it'd be like, good morning, sweetheart. 
wake up. And it would piss me off. Oh, I yeah. hate waking up like that. To open the door, tell me to wake up. But just, it drives me <laughs> insane. I would and prefer she, a peaceful greeting versus my dad, like, operatically singing through the entire house a song really loud because that's what he used to do to us. Uh, see, I think I would take that versus no. the... It felt like cruel and unusual punishment. <laughs> <laughs> th- yeah, good morning. What? Welcome. And she's poking okay, well, and she's in his armpit. Well, she's not even doing that. And, yeah, she does. He's like, don't wake me up like that. Like, don't use the soft voice. Like, it's annoying. Okay. Well, yeah, she's... She is being so annoying. She's getting a kick out of it. She's like, (laughs) keeps giggling in his ear. Now, this is the beginning of the they're both right and they're both wrong story that I feel like takes us at least through this day. Like something happens at night when Lindsay drinks alcohol that she does cross into territory where like she is clearly the one in the wrong. But I will say... I feel like this is when it starts, like, their cycle where they're both wrong and they're both right. So, like, she expresses that he's always the last one, or the first one to go to bed, the last one to wake up in the morning. And the first And to the nap. first one to nap. <laughs> which, in general, in theory, I support him for getting his sleep. I mean, slumber is very important, and I love naps. But, like... That would get really annoying. And, and of course, we don't have any clarification. What does this mean? When you say the last person to wake up, like, is he getting up by 7.30 or 8? Or is he literally sleeping till 10 in the morning? Like, there's a difference, you know? Yeah. Um, like, for early, early risers, to them, like, 7.30 or 8 is, quote, late. But it's like, okay, that's still in the early morning bracket. In my opinion, it's just at the high end. Yes, okay. I concur. Um, <laughs> so I'm curious about that. But clearly this has been an issue. She acts at least like it's a constant thing, right? Yeah. And he's finally up and she's all, like all hyper and he's still not ready, which like you got to give people their space in the morning. I don't know. Like I just feel like everybody's got their does mornings the way that's right for them and like why I don't know so this is when he ends up making the comment about he's got something planned for them today he's got a sound bath planned for them today which will be perfect for a hyper person like her now let me just like preface this with with what I see happening okay this this there was like this weird jokey build up to this moment and you know she reacts which we're going to get to but this is a telltale sign of a couple who is on the wrong wavelengths in terms mm-hmm. of jokes mm-hmm. and you see, you can see it with like couples that are in newer relationships right this whole idea of Oh, we're having fun banter back and forth. Things are jokey. Someone says something that it goes too far. Goes too far, and but all to over. the outside person, it's like, well, you guys have been giving each other shit all morning. Right. This is kind of like you're the way you're, being you're, you're, you're ribbing, you're joking each right. other, and then someone takes it too far, and I'm like, okay, the, you guys haven't figured out your rhythm. Yeah, with, or with the boundaries being, around or the jokes. boundaries, and this is just a cause for disaster. Yeah. So then he's sitting trying to start an outside fire 
she sits down with him and she tries to basically explain. I do feel like in this moment, she's at least trying to implement what the experts walk them through, which is I'm going to tell you what, why what you said triggered me, which we learn that like, she does feel like he's constantly making little digs at her, right? Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this before. Yeah. You know, even him seeing her apartment for the first time and constantly wide-eyed going, it's very you. It's very you. I mean, it's very Lindsay. Mark is not blameless in No, this. And, yeah. and he can make these little snide remarks that I get why to him he thinks fit in the joke category, especially considering the extreme harsh mean things that she will say to him when she's really angry. Yeah. Right? But it is also true and fair that a lot of times, especially like you can feel picked on by some of those little, little comments once they're all building and it feels cumulative. And then if you're already feeling sensitive and rejected, which I feel like she was in that morning, because whatever that whole shtick was in bed that we find insanely annoying, and I think most people would, I think that was her version of trying to be cute, trying to connect, trying to flirt. He made it clear that he just found the whole thing annoying. So then she, like that, the second that Lindsay feels small is when her anger and her vigilance to picking you apart starts. So it's like the second that she felt that, then she's shitting on him for, oh, you know, he's the first one to bed and he's the last one to wake up. And he's, I mean, this is getting really old. To suddenly he says, you're hyper. And then like all bets are off and you have completely torn my spirit down and da-da-da. So it's just like the way things escalate with them, it's like you can see why each step is happening. Yeah. But and you're watching it going, no. <laughs> so I felt like she was practicing what she learned. She did ask him a question, which was a big thing that Pep. She was like, What did you mean by that? Because he was like, What are you talking about? Like, and she's like, Well, what did you mean? And he's like, it's a joke. And she's like, it's not funny. Oh, so funny. It's not funny. Ha ha. And that was when he should have let it die and just been like, okay, well, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean it like that. Let's move on with our day. But he's so pissy and annoyed with her at this point. He can't back down. And he's like, I didn't say it was funny. Ha ha. It was supposed to be funny. He he. This is like, I'm like, please make and this And then we in. get in this, and then he's like, okay, whoa, sensitive, because now she's walking away. And I just put, okay, you know what? She might be making a point about his digs. Like, he kind of does, and the honest truth is that I thought that a lot of them didn't bother her. And it's the first time we're hearing that, like, actually, she notices all of them, and she really tries to laugh them off, but she's sort of at a point where she's not okay with this. But then you've got her talking on camera now, an interview, and she's comparing it to like her situation with her mom and how poorly her mom treated her and how she feels like a punching bag. And I was like, okay, now this is going into extreme territory. Like you can say because of all that stuff is why I felt feel more easily sensitive and easily triggered yeah. by things like this. But to try and 
explain it in a way like Mark might just be a parallel of your mom is so beyond, you know, it's like, come on. Meanwhile, he is done. He has no remorse. He's exhausted. I feel like he views her like, you're the boy who cried wolf. You literally complain every day. You find a reason to lose your shit on me every single day. So how am I supposed to take this seriously? Because all to me, all it is is evidence that you are completely unpredictable and that no matter what I do, I'm going to fuck up with you, you know? So I just put they're both wrong and they're both right. And oh, and so he's making a fire now. Sorry, I can't, (laughs) whatever. They're sitting in different areas in this deck in backyard. And then he's like, pretty good, right? And she's like, I've seen better. (laughs) (laughs) And she basically expresses that she feels like she has to stay in the bad mood. This is when she does this. For him to understand it was serious. And he's, of course, trying to be like, can we move on? Yeah. Like, let's, can we salvage this day? Like, I'm making a fire. Look at me. You taught me how to do this. Isn't this cool? I'm doing it now. And the sound bath guy is about to get here. And she's like, well, I can't just start joking with him now because I need him to know that, like, he he really ruined this day. Yeah, she just, at this point, she just wants an apology. She wants yeah, him to say sorry. Yeah, yeah, Um, There was one thing that she said that really, like, so <gasps> there had been some time apart. I know what it is. Okay, there had been some time apart. And then he goes and makes the fire. Yeah. It's the second fire that he's ever made. He's smoking himself out. <laughs> like the sound bath At guy comes. At least he's not blowing every <laughs> second. Oh, yeah. He he's was. Smoking his face. Okay, but before yeah, the, we move to the sound bath. What is the, the line? So she's making sense. And she's like, really, Mark? Because he's like, really? You thought all that? You got all that from that small interaction? And she's like... He, of course, thinks this is just another mood, another temper tantrum. Yeah. She's like, I don't know if, you know, I was in this amazing mood this morning. And I don't know if you're just, like, intimidated by, like, my joy in the morning. But it feels like you're maybe intimidated. And so then you need to put me down. (laughs) I had a great morning and I'm feeling very centered. And I think that intimidates you. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You can see the look on his face like, what? (laughs) Intimidation is like the intimidated by your joy is not the diagnosis here. We're it's pretty really advanced. Uh, we might be throwing you here. You know, it's like, no, you're not. I'm I know. I, I have to say, I thought it was interesting that Mark thought that the sound bath was the thing because she made fun of people who do sound baths. I can't. But we've talked about date. this before. I can't figure her out, like what her level of. Right. You know, we, it's like partial crystals. We're naming our plants, giving off this vibe that we live our life in a certain way and then she's talking shit on sound baths and and it's impossible to know really where she stands with what some would call new age spirituality yeah so anyways bottom line it works out and they do this sound bath and she's in heaven she's having a spiritual experience looking at the sky i would love to do an outdoor sound bath yeah, because great. we've done a couple and we've always been in claustrophobic scenarios and yeah. it's like really, sleeping bag it's on really, top of sleeping bag everyone breathing loudly 
There was the sleeping one bag. Wasn't we were like not a, in sleeping bag. There were like these little like cot things and your yeah. pillows next to someone else's pillow and someone's feet are kind of by my face. You're and, making it sound like we went to like a cult service. No, it was not a cult. It was just <laughs> very claustrophobic. Yeah, it was it was awful. But so it starts and the guy's like, we're going to start with your root chakra. And I was just dead. Like, Mark is probably like, what's that on my penis? <laughs> like, what? Just don't assume that Mark knows where the hell that is. It was a success. I died because I put. So it, it ends and I literally am writing as he's like saying his closing statements. I was like, OMG, Mark's probably asleep. And then, like, five seconds later, it's revealed he is fully, fully asleep because, of course. <laughs> Which, you know what? Power to you. Yeah, That's fine if you fall asleep. There's nothing wrong with that. But it is but so I, classic. I work. was ready yeah. for Lindsay to be offended by that, mm-hmm. you know? And I was actually kind of surprised she didn't. So then we have field day, which is pretty uneventful for them as a couple. Yeah. They, they had fun. Yeah, they had a good time. And then we have game night where Jasmina and Michael are messy and they brought a messy game to the crew. And the second that they announced this most likely game, I was like, Oh, here we go. Here's here the thing though. We go. It's, uh, it always has to get messy. That's the, that's the fun of it. Yeah. The, the never have I ever. Yeah. The most likely they're all messy games. Yeah. It's designed to, it reminded me, it reminds me of like when one of the housewives like proposes a uh, game night. Yeah, it's always, it always gets messy. Uh, it starts spiraling pretty, pretty soon fast. because Noi, it actually starts with Lindsay kind of being weird with Noi. So like it was like most likely to be a stay at home parent. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Noi says herself, and I think someone asks, like why and she's like you know just i think it's really important to me to like be home and mothering my kids for that time she's not thinking that hard about what she's saying we all know what she means and we get a oh are you saying working moms don't mother their kids it's like you're looking for Shut, like, you're looking you for doing? stuff right now and yeah. she, let's it go, needs to be said she's very drunk at this point like yeah. you can tell she's very drunk. And then she starts elaborating. I mean, would you be okay being in a one income household? Cause I'm a two income household kind of bitch. I'm like, Oh my God. Like, why are you, you sometimes? Why are you, you? <laughs> so she's already making people uncomfortable. I mean, you know, if you're going to talk like that to Noe, who like cannot communicate even with her husband, like she does not know how to handle a person like Lindsay. So, who, oh my God. Then we have who's most likely to spend the most money on their partner. Oh, God. I totally forgot about this moment. Mark chooses himself, which starts the least comfortable thing of life, which is, again, we have a maniacal Joker laugh entrance. And do you want me to play the clip? Sure. I mean, what could do it better? (laughs) 
question is. Oh my god. Awkward pauses. Everyone feels so uncomfortable. So uncomfortable. And like, not to it's it's obnoxious. It's disturbing as a sound, as sounds go. But beyond that, it's fucking mean. It's so cruel. It's like you you just had this (sighs) thing this morning. You had a meltdown over him calling you hyper, which many would argue is an objective fact but that derailed the whole morning and and it's tough because you're sitting in mark's shoes and you're like what do i do here what do i do here because my options are she's humiliating be quiet and let her completely humiliate me or i get involved and she's at this state now where she's not going to hear anything she's just going to get pissed so it's like he can't put his foot down now in front of the group because she's just going to feel embarrassed she's going to escalate and And so it's like this is just a recipe for disaster yeah so then we get who's most likely to lie about their sex life mark puts Lindsay, and i immediately knew what he meant by that i'm like oh because we've already at this point been told that she's already lied about how many times her and Mark had sex those first couple weeks, remember? Yeah. So he puts Lindsay, Jasmina goes, now why do you say Lindsay, Mark? And she cuts in before he can speak because I tell him it's good. Cue another maniacal joker laugh and mass discomfort. And eventually we get back to him and he says he he feels she might paint a picture in a way that would be different of how he would paint it. It's like he's got to be so careful. And it's so awkward. And then we get who's most likely to start a fight. And this is the sinker of the night, really. Everyone says Lindsay. Shocker. Steve brings up the airport. He's trying to make light of it. And he's like, so does this mean that Lindsay was the one who started the airplane fight? And then everyone laughs and O's like, yeah. And she loses it, looks Noi in the eye, won't even address Steve, and is basically like, Noi, you better get your man under control. That's the second time tonight. And the three, three, like something implying like three strikes, you're out vibe, you know? And everyone's like, oh, my God. And then she proceeds to lose it and go on a complete rant yes, and in I, her accent. I tried getting as much of this as I could, but it is an un... I love myself, and I don't care about y'all. Like, just going off. Yeah. Yeah. She says, I sleep fine. I wake up refreshed. I have God in oh, my yeah. heart. I have God in my soul. I don't play the pack game. Never did in high school, never did in college, not going to now. The pack game? The pack game? Like, packs, of, like, this pack is against a person or something. Like, oh. team, yeah, that's kind of what I think. Yeah. Oh. Um, I'm, riding, I'm riding to the top. Take notes. I don't give a fuck what you all think. I'm like, what are you She has completely saying? lost her shit. She, of course, like, storms out. Then we get her storming back a little bit later and Mark's in the kitchen. So yeah, so Mark, she, Mark's in the kitchen. He went to go try to comfort her in the room. When did he come? Anyway, he, he's in the kitchen and she comes down and confronts him and says, oh, what, you're going to be part of a production now? You're in a production? Yeah, she's, yeah. And then he, she's like, fine, 
like fuck off and storms upstairs. She's like, I'm done with you. Yeah. Then Mark consoles with Michael. And consoles, then councils gets cons- gets counsel <laughs> counsel. Then I'm sorry, raise your hand if you had a fight about kerosene usage on your bingo card because mm-hmm. I did not. Mm-mm. We get into this whole kerosene drama. This was a shocker, but <laughs> also so like confused. not okay. So and so. Do we think that this was added arguing when he made the day fire or was this an evening fire? I think he made a second fire. Okay. Because I was like, I I can't. Where do I put this kerosene drama in the day? So he's sitting with Michael. He tells Michael that he was using her kerosene to light a fire outside. She came outside and started freaking out at him that he was using her kerosene because he she was that he was crossing a boundary and he needs to respect her boundaries. Excuse me. What? And then apparently it led to him grabbing her, her grabbing his, his arm. arm again in the way that we've seen her do and like getting really close to his face. And he asked her to please stop. He like really does not like that. And then she said, fuck off. Yes. So now she's drunk upstairs. Oh They're my having God, wait, this- They're having this kerosene conversation. And then all of a sudden you see both of their heads bob up to an angle. And you're like, what's going on? Camera flips around. You see, (laughs) you see Lindsay halfway down the basement steps. Her head is literally popping out from behind a man who is Elijah Wan holding her back. So you you really just see the back of a man and then like a little woman's head popping up <laughs> between the shoulder and the head. And she's like trying to like push herself down. And he's like, nope, let's go upstairs. Let's go upstairs. Yeah. And she's like, I'm fucking driving home right now. I'm like, driving home right oh now. Oh my gosh. Okay. So Mark. And she's pointing, by the way. Mark at this point goes upstairs to talk with Lindsay. <sighs> My this view is the fight of this, in bed. what fight in bed? Yeah, why is Mark doing this? This is a losing battle. I don't know if you've ever tried. Anyone among us out there has ever tried to have a rational conversation with someone who is heavily under the influence this late in the night? <laughs> it does not work. Yeah, it doesn't. Never has. Never will. Yep. Talk about that shit in the next morning. Yeah. Do not do this now. So that was my perspective. I was like, Mark, let it be. Yeah. Yeah. And he can't help himself. And then it starts in bed. Then she gets into some stuff. Like, yeah, it just, they're, uh, <laughs> your life is falling apart. Who's going to honor me? I, need I honor to- you. I honor you. And I've been trying to honor. And what, who's going to honor me? Will you honor me? You don't honor me. There's so much honoring. Oh, it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't even like bring myself to to frantically write everything. I was yeah, just like, this just is an exhausting drunk conversation. Yeah. And then he leaves and she's like, it's gonna be so easy to say no to him. <laughs> and then fast forward, she's up by four or five in the morning with retching stomach pain. She's crying. She can't keep fluids down. She thinks it might be f- food poisoning. 
bitch, shut up. If it was food poisoning, one would think that one of the other seven people in the house who all ate the same exact meals you did for the last literally few days. I'm done. I'm like, excuse me. This is the moment where you get over yourself and you admit the truth, which is that you got so messed up last night that you probably have low grade alcohol poisoning. Like she can't keep anything down. So Mark's like, I'm going to take you to urgent care. As she does a quick, she does a quick in passing apology for her behavior last night. Like, cause he's being there for her. He's showing up. Yeah. He's being normal. And he's like, obviously stressed. And he's like, I don't care. I just want you to feel better. Let's go. Let's go. And she's like, I'm really sorry. I said some mean things last night. I can't like, I didn't mean them. They were really mean. Something like that. And then he's like, it's okay. I don't care. I just want you to be okay. Okay, let's go. And I just was like, LOLing, like, leave it to Lynn's to like take advantage of her own embarrassing crisis moment to like quickly apologize and like leave what happened last night as if it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. And they go to urgent care. She gets hooked up to an IV. Oh, wait, no. Before they get to urgent care, we thought this was a fight. Oh, I, I was actually bummed about this she editing had to fake on out. The side of the road. We thought this was a, fa- a, a fight in which Lindsay gets out of a moving car because she's done. Yeah. Because they overlaid it with some, I'm, I'm done, done I'm and oh, the car opening. Turns out she was just yakking on the side of the road. Mark's <laughs> trying to like avoid traffic patterns. I know, poor guy. He's all stressed. He's like, go around me, go around me, go around me. (laughs) She's barfing on someone's stoop. I mean, it's bad. It's bad. (laughs) And surprise, surprise, she was just very dehydrated. What is there to say? There's nothing to say. Like She was drunk. I love how Mark was like, do you guys do IVs there? He's calling the urgent care and they're like, I don't know. He's like, can you check for me? Pretty sure my wife's going to need an IV. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Now, let's just jump into, like, because after party was pretty them heavy, because mm-hmm. obviously they were so much of the drama. It was Mark, Jasmina, and a podcaster that showed up to after. So we get a few of, I just knew, like, okay, Mark, whenever one of them shows up, we end up hearing something that we didn't know before that was hidden, you know? So... We get we watch the I feel like you belittle me scene when they're outside. And Mark's reaction is that what we don't know is that she wakes him up with severe wrestling on a regular basis, <laughs> puts him in headlocks. He says it's not like a cute, funny thing that ends in 30 seconds. This is something where like she puts her whole energy into it and it keeps going f- for like five minutes. Career naked choke or something? <laughs> like some like, UFC oh move? My God. The morning doesn't start until she gets Mark to tap out. <laughs> then then we can have coffee. <laughs> and Jasmina does say, like, after watching this, she's like, I just feel like she finds a way to play the victim in every single situation that she's in, and it's annoying. I was like, yes, Jasmina. Um, and then Lindsay reacting to losing the game. They all watched that. And Mark just is like, this is no different than any other time in a group setting. Like, this is what she does every single time. So I have just grown to accept and expect it. And he does bring, like, it gets brought up, you know, she, here she ruins an entire day because Mike, Mark told her she was hyper at 830 in the morning and she can say shit like this. 
in a in front of an entire group of friends about you, like basically implying that your sex sucks, that you're that you are incapable of buying me gifts or things I need. Like what? Like what is your your system of gauge like your judgment system has apparently just does not apply to you. Yeah. Which which does again go back to like you become the boy who cried wolf and even when you maybe are are valid in your complaint you have hardened people's hearts and pushed them away from you because you claim victim 24/7. Yeah. So like you've exhausted everyone. But a, a couple other things we learned was that Jasmina tells us that Lindsay would call her a lot and c- to complain, but then would always say she won't change, but he has to change. Mm-hmm. And Jasmina said that always really bothered her because she was so obsessed with changing Mark and p- picking him apart, but had no intention of ever changing anything about herself. Okay, we've been talking about this couple for a long ass time. They're a mess. They are not going to make it. Is there any other summary to say for them? No. Not at this time. Thank okay. You. Not at this time. No comment. Okay. Let's move on to Stephen Noy. Interesting things happening in Stephen Noy's relationship. Um, She's so petulant. Yeah. I'm like, she's really taken a nosedive for me in terms, not unlike. The way that she fell into the ground running for a dodgeball. Uh, <laughs> that, that was a priceless TV moment. She ate shit, shit, shit. And it was I knew hilarious. she was going to be upset about Steve not going to pick her up. And Steve had like the best response. The dodgeball game just started. He is not like you're on your own in this. It's dodgeball. It's a mad scramble to get the balls at the beginning. I can't be worried about someone falling down. No, I'm trying <laughs> to secure a victory. Um, so anyway, we start off in the car. This social media. I'm so done. I know. This conversation. But I know. But we, we, you know, it has to happen. And yeah, we, so we, this whole social media thing kind of hangs over. It's the, the storm cloud above their relationship. Because clearly... Whatever the conversation they had about money the other day, it f- completely put her at ease. She's ready to have a baby in nine months, and she's not worried about that anymore. And they both agree that they feel closer and more connected. But this social media thing, Steve can't let it go because she refuses to just say, okay, I will respect your boundary with this issue because I love you. Moving forward, I did think it was absolutely hilarious that we open with them packing and we hear this story that she tells where she says she was sad to say goodbye to Sushi. She was just sad to be gone from him. She posted about it on her story. And of course, in cryptic Noi fashion. So she got a bunch of people freaking out, messaging her, worried that sushi died. No, sushi is very much alive. <laughs> Which Steve, of course, cannot help himself but to make a comment like, mm, maybe this is why you shouldn't put everything on social media. You gotta be careful what you post. I mean, she's going away for it's too good. 36 hours. The timing is great. Yeah. Like it proves his point in a totally different way. Yeah. But my one thing that I will say with Steve here is that 
He did harp on it all weekend at around every single corner. And I understand that he views this as like, this is our one thing. If we could just get through this one thing, we'd be perfect. And I'm like, I do not agree with a lot of things about Noi. I don't agree with the way that she gets when he brings something up. I, but I do feel like it was, he agreed when they got to the place. He agreed with her that they were going to drop it for the rest of the weekend. He After group dinner number one, where he brings yeah. it up because he can't help himself, slash everybody else is opening up about their relationship. So it's perfectly reasonable, slash I would argue it's almost rude to when every other couple has been vulnerable about some of their weaknesses, and then it's your turn and you just refuse to share any weaknesses. I think that's fucked up. But... And Steve clearly wants the group to weigh in. Well, see, and this is where I'm going to zag with you. I'm fine with him bringing it up all all because he's tried to have this conversation. They try to have it on the way there. Yeah. She is like, doesn't budge with it. Yeah. She says in her little thing, I don't want to. she's very smug. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Steve brings it up with the guys while they're making dinner. And get some advice. And they all like agree. Yeah, with him, they kind of obviously. They, yeah, they all agree. Then yeah, they're talking about it at dinner. And I'm fine with him bringing it up all the time. You know why? Because it's a ridiculous thing. And she's being ridiculous about this. And so he wants other people to weigh in because he knows how ridiculous what no, her okay. not wanting to budget. I agree. I agree. All the way up until this point, I think it was fine that he brought it up with the dinner. I think it matched everyone else. I think deep down he knew that she didn't want him to do that and he still did it anyway, but he felt desperate. And so I'm fine with that. But then when they, I mean, she's clearly pissed about it because she specifically says, no, I don't want to talk about that in front of the group. No, thank you. And he has to still like... He's like, okay, well, and he makes a great point with logic, yeah. which is he's like, okay, well, I guess I just don't really understand. So you're allowed to post personal cryptic things on stories for your hundreds of followers, but you can't talk about this in front of seven adults at the table that are our friends. Mm-hmm. But the, and everyone else feels awkward by it. Like nobody knows what to do. I do. Like I said, I think it's unfair that Noi will not open up. And let their problems, like, be shared with the group the way everybody else is. But then they go to bedtime. And he's harping on it again. And she was like, look, I just, my my thing with this is that we haven't resolved it yet. And I don't really want to get in a bickering fight in front of everyone on a retreat with our friends. And he's like, I'm understanding of that. I just really think we need to talk about it. And she was like, I agree. But does it have to be on a trip? with our friends for the weekend. And he's like, he basically in the end is like, I take your point. That's fair. That's fair. We'll, we'll deal with it. I I understood it that they both agreed that they will deal with this after the weekend and readdress it. And then after that, he proceeds to keep bringing it up throughout the weekend. So they go on their day date to that fun slide thing that they ski lift up. They're on the ski lift and he's bringing it up. 
I was like, Steve, or maybe it's when they get to the top. You said we could wait to talk about this till the trip was over. And then you're bringing it up on your date at the theme park. Like, I don't know. And then he's getting into his logical arguments again that are totally valid and correct. But I just feel like Noi is the kind of person, she's so stubborn. And if you're going to keep, she's going to dig her heels in more because she doesn't like to feel like someone is forcing her into something or controlling her. Even though we all know that's not what Steve's trying to do. That is her perception of it. And she has made a point to basically be like, I don't want to keep fleshing through this this weekend on camera in front of all of our friends when we have not figured it out yet. And he keeps going. And I thought that that was just an interesting choice. Like he can't let it go. And it's like, why can't you just let it breathe for a second and have fun in some other ways and then come back to it? Like, I don't think that you're accomplishing more by not letting it go. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I get what you're saying. And I don't think that he should let it go forever. I just think like, for God's sakes, you, you've brought it up like three times in 12 hours and no, for sure. Here's you know? the thing, though. He was the one who want who for a long time wanted to have this conversation about goals, finances, yes. spreadsheet. And from every indication, she was did not want to have that conversation. True. So we have that already happening. We finally feel like we get some rev- resolution on this. Here's the deal. There's there's a there's less than two weeks till decision day at this point. You know, I, I get you don't want to talk about it, but the way her the the way that she has been dismissive in conversations about this, you know, no, like for sure. we kind of glossed over the conversation in the car, but yeah, you, she was rude to him she on the way there. She yeah. she said he's like, um, you know, he's trying to give her examples about what she could say, which he doesn't do a very good job of giving her an example no, he about what he's like. All. You can just say relationships are tough. And it's like, well, obviously that's going to be taken as that it's about you also. Right. I was like, you're um, not proving your point. Be quiet. And so, but Steve's like expressing his concern about this problem on social media and says like, I guess, you know, like, I guess this is just going to be a problem for us ongoing. Or, or, and she goes, yeah, I guess it will be a problem for you. Like, you know, and no, for and sure. so I get what you're saying in terms of letting she it breathe, but at the like same time, teenager. at the same time, she doesn't have an, a, a great track record over the last six weeks about ever having conversations no, that she wants to have. And we're getting close to the end here. So I'm sorry, you're going to have to talk. It's true. If anything, I would say maybe we should zoom out of this particular issue and deal with the bigger issue at hand here, which is Noi has a pattern of not being able to talk about anything that's difficult. And she will do everything in her power to avoid it. So whether that's disappearing overnight, whether that's posting shit on social media yeah, that's without the conversation talking to him, that you guys should be having. without you know what i mean because the social media stuff is really a symptom of the fact that like she'll do that when she's not comfortable just looking steve in the face and telling him what she's mad at him about yeah, fair point so there's that um they drive oh i so their final breakfast I thought it was an interesting question. Jasmina asks her, do you, Noi, do you feel pressure since you guys are kind of like lifted up as like the be all like honeymoon golden couple of the season? And 
I mean, this just, again, shows how uncomfortable deeply Noi is with being put on the spot, with opening up and getting vulnerable. She can barely do it with Steve, who she loves, let alone in a group. And she can't even look Jasmina in the eye when she's answering it. But she basically, like, um, there's more. I mean, there's definitely things that we have to figure out. I mean, you know, we have a short time. and Still working I just, on our trust. Yeah. And it's a little weird. Like, nobody knows what to make of that. Of course, us as viewers know, like, oh, well, we all know that you have some more issues behind closed doors than, like, the whole group is a part of. But it still feels like it makes everyone like, huh? And then they drive home. And I do feel like I got the most perspective on what's actually going on inside of Noi for the first time. Yeah. You know, she basically says that she hasn't fully processed that her life as it was is over. And what she means by that is she was she was in a long-term relationship with someone who was pretty controlling for for years. And then when she got out of that relationship, she got her own place for the first time. She got her studio. And it was the first place that she ever lived in alone, paid for alone, was fully responsible for herself. And so it, it has all of this like emotional meaning as and she uprooted her life to move to across move the country to move with this guy yes so, and yeah. so i felt like it was one of the first times besides hearing about like her upbringing with her family that i got like an actual like peek through the window of noi like of what's going on inside with her and like steve takes it wrong at first and i i wanted to be like steve stop like don't make this about you because of course his initial reaction is just like well, that just doesn't sound like a marital mindset. Like you're not ready. You know, he's he's taking it like he's taking it at face value. It's yeah, like there's like you're oh, you're not ready to say goodbye to your single life. And she's like, no, it's like this this studio apartment, which is really teeny. You know, once we see it, I'm like, oh my god, wow! Like it is a cute teeny studio. It represents all of these things for yeah. her: freedom, independence. Believing in herself, finding that she can take care of herself and didn't need someone else. Like, I have plenty of girlfriends who, like, that was a huge step for them. Or it's still on the list of mm -hmm. things that they need to accomplish, and it will mean so much when they do. So I just, I had a little bit more, like... Understanding, understanding for her yeah. with that. And, and then she starts getting actually emotional. She tears up. She admits that, like, it represents, like, an achievement and that she's actually just really, really scared. She's afraid. And which made me immediately think back to what Dr. Pepper was saying to Steve last week, that Noi does a lot of things and makes a lot of choices and has a lot of beliefs around fear. And I was like, whoa. And then you see her in the interview and she's like, there is a part of me that wants to hold on to the studio just in case something bad happens to us. And it's like, that's where I do think we have a problem, you know, like I'm, I'm all for like, grieve that point of your life. That was a special season. And like, and speaking of honoring, honor it. And I actually appreciate that Steve later says, okay, well, like after decision day, like you should take a couple days to like really soak it in and say goodbye and like feel all that you need to feel. And I was like, thank you. Now, when we get into keeping it just in case, that is a problem for me because that's fully based out of fear. 
And that is you are preparing for the worst case scenario. And that's not cool because that isn't like that is like the risk marriage requires of you is to take the full leap and to not have escape routes, you know. But I don't know. I just I feel like I it was the first time because, you know, so much of her reactions around like the social media stuff has been like unattractive, like, Mm -hmm. you know. Like, she seemed like a smug, petty biatch Mm -hmm. who, like, doesn't take his feelings seriously and, like, thinks it's all about control and da-da-da. But to, like, actually see her crack and cry and, like, admit that she's really effing scared. Yeah. I was able to feel for her for the first time. And I was just sort of like, Steve, just let her, like, this is a big deal that she's expressing this right now. So, like. Just let her feel her feelings. Mm-hmm. Let her. I agree. You know. Do you um, have any other thoughts about them? Yeah, I just have one thing. When Steve is making dinner the first night, mm-hmm. and he's talking to the guys about the social media stuff. One thing I think you know we mentioned this whole money thing is like we think is kind of done, but he mentions how he cooks five nights a week, and yeah. feels like the way that she treats him is like, that's not enough. Yeah. You know, so that's something that I think is under, like an undercurrent to be noticeable. Yeah, for sure. So moving on. Moving on. Let's go to Jasmina and Michael. Yay! We start off on a car ride. Well, we start off packing and Michael relates to... uh, I don't want to like make a generalization, but I will. Nearly every man in the world who has ever gone on a trip with a woman um, for the first time looks at the packing (laughs) process and the amount of suitcases required and can't comprehend how a two and a half day, two night uh excursion could result in so many different options but alas here we are we like options okay um so the car ride they're talking about chemistry kind of doing a state of the union where are they at um in terms of chemistry they're so cute and flirty and jokey in the car though like well in a in a current to an undercurrent running that's the word of the day uh running through this i don't know if you noticed but in the confessional interviews that they do together, mm-hmm. it's a lot more touchy-feely. We oh, have yeah. arms on shoulders, oh, yeah. coordinating outfits. Um, oh, my God. The coordinating yeah. uniform. So they're about at a five out of ten on chemistry. And Michael says, you know, do you need to be at a ten on chemistry to say yes on decision day? And it was nice. Jasmina says that she doesn't need to be at a 10, but it has to obviously increase yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And she like, she admits to the girls, you know, we get the whole, I'm worried I won't have any feelings for him. You know, we lost the whole month. And we I'm like, Jasmina, shut up. Setbacks. If, if I have yeah. to hear about this lost month one more time where you were actually not lost I mean, you were lost emotionally, but yeah. you were living in the same well, house. Well, Michael brings up the lost month as well, too, though. He does. Yeah, well, because like, she brings it up every month. second. But let's get to, and he lights candles for them their first night mm-hmm. just in the bedroom. I'm like, Michael, you're so cute. So next day, we our planned date is Jasmina has arranged for them to sit with a medium. 
And she takes mediums very seriously. She's obsessed with all the shows. She reminded me of my best friend, Mackenzie, who is obsessed with mediums on all continents of the globe and will watch shows based in other countries on YouTube. Um, (laughs) And I really appreciate when I have like, I want to believe in mediums, but I know that there's so much scammy shit Mm -hmm. mixed in there that like I'm always specifically looking at mediums on TV with extra cockeyedness because I'm like, "Mm." like you have access to these cast people's like information and producer information. Like I'm not going to like, I'm just, I'm sorry. It's smart to assume that they maybe for the sake of TV Googled facts. But the point is, I it's love, less about the medium and more about what yes, it means for their relationship. What it brought for them. Yeah. And Jasmina takes it really seriously and treats it with a lot of reverence. And she, I loved the way she like prepared Michael for how important it can be. And she's like, you have to be really open and you have to be ready to hear things that you might not want to hear about because we can't control like what messages she's going to be getting. And you know, it's, it's unpredictable. And also like, I don't want you to feel pressured into this in any way. So like, if you don't feel ready for that, if you, you know, like I'm, I really respect whatever your boundaries are around this. And that meant a lot to him. And I think that because she has such a reverence for it and it matters to her, he's like, okay, I'm, I'm game. Let's do this. So they meet with this medium and I mean, there's whatever. It's like there's stuff about his, the focus, at least for the show, was heavily on Michael and his past mm-hmm. and like different deaths in the family coming up. And I feel like they probably sh- chose to show more of that because Jasmina's whole thing the last couple weeks has been like, I just feel like there's so much about you I still don't know. So you're like, okay, well, this almost feels like a conduit to that because he can't help but talk about whatever she's bringing up in front of Jasmina. And I mean, we get some big guesses. She sees twins in a year and a half. I'm like, oh my God. I, okay. I loved when she's like, I'm seeing all boys. Do you have a lot of brothers? He's like, actually, no, it's literally all sisters. And she's like, boys, boys. Okay. Well, lots of boys are coming for you. Yeah, in the you future. will have boys. <laughs> um, Let's find something to stick. <laughs> but, okay, so this this is the kicker for me. This is fascinating to me. So first she tells them both. She tells Michael, though, mostly, like, it was love at first sight for you. The second you saw her, you knew you were done and that this was your person. And then goes on to imply that Jasmina, you actually love him too, but you just don't know it yet. So that's fine. And I was like, yes, yes. Honestly, it gave me more respect for this medium, but this (laughs) is- Because she validates your takes? Yes. And this is what I find fascinating. Almost immediately, Jasmina's welling up. And they both look teary-eyed, and it it feels really special and important. Like, everything goes quiet, and they're just looking into each other's eyes. And I swear to God, 
this medium telling them you already love each other, everything changed from that point on. Yeah, it because was like of Jasmina. Jasmina. Yeah, because of how much she care, like how much stock and faith and reverence she gives to this medium. It's almost like, okay, now I can go She's forward like, in okay, this relationship. I guess I love him. So yeah. let me throw my whole heart in. This, and something she says in After Party is actually there was things that the medium said to her that are going on in her family and recent history, like struggles in the last couple of years that she says she hasn't spoken to anyone in cast or production about. And so for her, she was like, she was skeptical too. Like, uh, she could have looked that up or, uh, producers could have told her that. And then when we got to this part about her life, she knew she hadn't told anyone. And that really like blew her away and like changed her mindset. And she was like, holy shit, this lady's the real deal. So when the lady told her like, oh no, you love him and you don't know, and you love her and you don't know, and that's fine because you guys are going to live happily ever after. It changed everything. Yeah. Yeah. And like sudden, I, I, it was just beautiful. We get field day. They're the leaders of field day. They're wearing their amazing boss shirts and those glasses. Mm-hmm. They are like giddy with they each have other. Multiple coordinated shirts. Multiple coordinated shirts. They're having so much fun, but you can feel. Oh, and when they're standing talking about, you know, we're the bosses of field day and we're going to bring it, and blah, blah, blah. She does make a point to go. She goes, I mean, I feel it. I feel it. And she's talking about them too. And he goes, yeah, I feel it too. And it's like, <gasps> ah, we're off to the races. I'm so happy for them because I have been saying since day one that I really felt like this was a match and they were just in each other's own way. And they just, I, there was a point where we, it did not look possible, but we made it here and I am so happy about it. Yeah, and I like there's really not a lot else to say. They they lead the most likely game and they're hilarious doing it. Um, but there it's not like there was any oh, the one funny thing. <laughs> um, who in the is most likely to tell a the lie? Be, be like and the get best away with liar. it. The best liar. Who would be the best liar and get away with it? She picks herself. A lot of people pick Jasmina. I was like, oh my God, what a thing to admit to your partner. And her, I think the bottom line is that it's like, she knows that she like carries herself in such a way mm-hmm. that people would never guess if she was lying. Yeah, that's what pretty much what Katina says. Yeah, yeah. it's not like she rep- presents as some shady yeah. person, but she's just so poised and da-da-da that like, Everyone's like, oh, like no one would ever think that of her. So that was hilarious. And then their final breakfast, you know, they're all doing their reflections. And Michael is sharing that like when Jasmina brought up the whole medium experience, um, but was preparing him for it and really made it clear that like she's not pressuring him to do it and that it she's not going to judge him for it. And da, da, da. he said it was like the first moment where it really, really hit for him that she really cared about him. Mm-hmm. And like She's Jasmina crying. Waterworks just go yeah. off. And I'm like, you are crying about so much more than you're well, saying. This is a right very now. tender, so low tender. key one of my favorite them at the breakfast in front of the group. Yeah. Like one of my favorite parts of their relationship thus yeah, far. Yeah. Like I just feel like she can't. She's overwhelmed, mm-hmm. like with feeling for him. And they're holding each other's hands. Yeah, yeah. It's so very nice. sweet. 
Yeah. I just, I'm really excited for them. They're yeah, my favorite couple. I feel like the world is their oyster. They have found their rhythm and they are, they, their chemistry is great. And I guess all we needed, little did we know, this whole time was a medium to sign off on this shit for Jasmina to fully open her heart. Yeah. Like we could have, I mean, we should have called one like four weeks ago, but alas, here we are. Let's bask in this moment because it seems like next week we get back into not feeling anything about chemistry oh, kisses. Really? Did you forget? I missed or I forgot. Anyway, yeah. who knows? We're not going to project. This is a projection. No, they're going to be great. They're going to be great. I really, really believe. Okay. Finally, we have Elijah Wan and Katina. And I mean, I feel like overall, this wasn't like a super eventful weekend for them as a couple. Like it wasn't like there was no catastrophe. There was also no like incredible, beautiful anything. It was just like, whatever. Which I'm fine with. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we had plenty with MTS and Lens. But really I, annoying that he's bringing up cooking almost right away. 23 seconds into the episode. <sighs> God. Are you going to impress him with your cooking skills? <laughs> you then, decided to go, which is hysterical considering when it's the guy's quote unquote time to cook the first meal of the weekend, all the guys at least gather around and act like they're going to try and help at the beginning, right? I mean, Michael makes a point to say, I broke the pasta and I filled the pot with water. O doesn't even try to pretend. He sits immediately at the countertop and says, yeah, huh, this this is where I can be my best and do my best and makes like a joke. Like nobody wants me in there. I'm like, you are such a bastard. <laughs> like such a bastard. Why don't we all tell jokes about how you can't cook right now? Anyway, at dinner number one, I thought it was really funny. He said his reflections this is the first relationship I've been in where I am not the leader. And it's better that way. It really is. And Katina kind of jumps in and is like, it's better because we're partners. We're equal partners. And he's like, yeah, yeah, it's better. I put in all caps. This is your version of not being the leader and being in a, quote, equal partnership? I don't want to see what the leader version Yeah, I'm like. terrified. Like, what are these past relationships? Like... Oh my god, I've been I've been just sort of blocking it all out and like assuming you spent all of your time having sex with random people and never had a girlfriend until now. But to hear that, I'm like, "Oh god, who were you before if this is the new and improved?" And then we, we get them on the alpaca farm. Yes. That's their day date, which once again, I'm sorry. I'm obsessed with this by the way. I would love to do this. Alpacas are the cutest in the entire world. That baby alpaca was unreal. Everything cute. However, once again, annoying because you f it feels like another test that well, it feels Elijah like it's his has act, it, it, Something that he wants to do. And she, at first, is like, I don't really, you know, like, it's like an activity has for him. Has he done a single thing the entire season where he planned it for Katina and it was solely because it would make Katina happy and it was something for her that she loves. To my knowledge, no. Like, let's really think about that for a second. Nothing. Nothing. 
everyone else has planned both ways something for their partner at least once, most of them more, where the whole thing was planned for the sole purpose of making that other partner happy and like it was something that would bring them joy. Yeah. This is Elijah Wan's big planned outing and it's something that he would like. And actually, Katina admits in the interview, she's basically treating it like a test because O has made it clear that animals are really important to him and he loves animals. And, you know, his first thing with the horseback riding went really bad. And I guess Katina was the bad guy of that situation because she got scared and didn't enjoy herself. So now's her second chance to prove that she can hang with animals for O. I'm just like, fuck this. This is bullshit. Like, it just taints everything. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, the cooking was a test. The horseback riding was apparently a test. The alpaca thing was a test. Like, I'm so, ugh, just makes me crazy. And then you're going to take someone who is really not quite comfortable with animals, and you're going to show her the birth sack. Oh my god. That will fall to the floor and you will s- and we're going to find out that the dogs will run and eat it all. I the and afterbirth. Like, even animal people can't deal with afterbirth like that, that all the time. That was oh my god. That gosh. was horrific. That was too much to look at. <laughs> oh, it was I'm crazy. like, "Here we have this baby llama who's or alpaca who's trying oh, <laughs> who's trying to f- learn how to walk for the first time in the most cute way and then you zoom over to see this bloody sack of afterbirth hanging out of another <laughs> alpaca and I'm like I don't want to see that that was gnarly that I was mean gross it's also like kind of cool and fascinating but like oh my god I was not prepared for that watching that Mavis, needed to be like I'm not watching out. planet earth here yeah, like I need to, to be, be mentally censored. prepared <laughs> censored. A little warning at the beginning of the show. Yeah, seriously, I could have taken a warning. He's so... But, like, okay, you can tell me. Tell me if I am to the point where I am so zeroed in on O's shortcomings that am I, I might be just projecting onto every scenario. I, I, I am clearly looking for it. Mm-hmm. But, like, even when they're walking the alpaca... It's Katina's walking it, and it does feel, again, like a test. And he's right behind her. And he's, like, getting all up in her business and, like, getting so bossy. Like, he keeps going, get in front of it, get in front of it, get in front of it. And finally, she's just like, you just take it. I can't. You know? And it's like, people like, oh, do that. Like, they they end up pushing their partners to just be like, it's fine. You do it. Mm-hmm. You do it. It's fine. You know, and it's not like that's not a normal human thing that happens all the time to people. It's not a big deal as an isolated incident. But in this case, I'm just like, here we are. Like, you you can't help yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to always be hovering over her, critiquing her. I mean, she can't even walk the fucking alpaca correctly. Like, get off her back. Did you? I think you're right. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I didn't look at it that closely, but you're right. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I thought it was incredibly ironic that he was wearing a T-shirt. Oh my god! That said, I'm talking with you, not at you. Punctuated with with an exclamation point. 
Also, which is the most ironic thing ever that you could have a shirt that says, I'm talking with you, not at you, exclamation right. point. It's like your shirt is talking at me, yeah, okay? Exactly. And also, just because you wear it doesn't make it fucking true. So fast forward to alpaca time being over. We're having a sit down chat. Well, oh, it also needs to be said that when they ask him in the interview, so what were these animals that you're walking? He's like, uh, I don't know, gazebos. He said that. I totally missed that. That's great. He's like, gazebos. Gazebos? Uh, maybe, uh, I don't know, a llama. And then it was over. He's like, I have no idea. I have no idea what we're walking. Which, again, even that, like, stop acting like you're a fucking zoologist. And then you don't even know what the thing is that you've been hanging out with the last two hours. <laughs> like, I'm done with you. I'm done. You're not that much of an animal person. You like dogs. Like, that's cool. But stop, like, acting like, yeah, I just, all of his expectations are unreasonable to me. So then yes. we're sitting down and he goes, okay, so clearly he's, like, been storing this question up in the bank. And he's like. So remind me, like, when do you think that you would be ready to have kids? You said two years, right? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, and and when are you done with school? And she's like, two years. And so he is like, well, how's that going to work? And she's not totally sure. But at the same time, like, she was raised by a single working mom. And she doesn't see it as mutually exclusive she's like what do you mean like I don't know I'll have the baby I'll figure it out me like and she also admits in an interview like look I make loose plans but I'm also what I mean is that in two years let's evaluate where we're at let's look at our yeah. life let's say what are we feeling what are we into what do, like where do we think we're at right now and let's like amend the plan accordingly, Everyone, which is so much more my style too. And I feel like yours. Yeah, no. And I don't know, maybe it's just because we operate more in that way. And I know other people don't, but it's interesting that like, and this is what happened with Noi and Steve too, like talking about kids. It seems like everyone talks about kids in this way of Two years from the day that we're having this conversation, we will have a child. It will that we be need a decision to, day that we need to take care of. And I'm like, I just think that more. I, I think what's going to happen is, I think it's going to be longer than Pete than they think in, before they're having kids. Right. I just do. I think like, and it's also like just, just ease the fuck into real life first, okay? Yeah, and, and then I, figure it out. Like yeah. you didn't even have a person eight weeks ago. You're about to like you have a wife now. And you guys need to really figure out what is real life going to look like for us? What does it look like when you're at school and I'm working? What does it look like when we move into our own place and we start getting a rhythm for how our paychecks come in together? Like, like there's so you, many you've things. Been dated, you will have been dated for two months. Like, right. it, you know, I don't know. I just think, I mean, I don't know the track record. I'm trying to think of the different couples who are on the couples cam show and stuff like that. To my knowledge, like... People who in the last couple seasons of Mathis are not having kids right now. Woody and Imani are pregnant though. Okay. All but right. That's like three years ago or two. Yeah. Years. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's just the way that they talk, you know, because his whole thing is, well, I want to travel and I already had my fun time. Which, and okay, can I say, this is where I even get more confused by him because I'm like, so what are you actually suggesting? Because then he starts rambling and, you know, I, 
And of course, he can't help but be condescending. You know, I just want to ask because I'm like, how is that timing going to work out? Because I know how it is when you're first getting started in your career. And it's like, you got to hustle and work really hard and um, work long hours. And, you know, how are you going to do that with a baby? And, you know, I mean, these are things that I did years ago. And here you are just doing it for the first time. I mean, when I was starting my career, it was hard. And, you know, I paid off all my loans and I just got everything in order. And, you know, you've just been having fun for the last five years. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But, but you know, I mean, I I want to travel, but I don't know if you'll be able to, you know, and, and I don't know, like, you know, it, it'll be a burden on me. Yeah, he's like, don't put that life on me, essentially, like the life of having to maybe take more responsibility with a child. Right. None of it really. It ma- doesn't fully tra- make sense. No, none of it really tracks for me. And my thing, too, is like. Also, okay. when did he become a, a, a world traveler? Well, and that's what I'm trying to say. We've at, never heard about that. At the very beginning, when they talked about having kids at the beginning of their relationship, I don't know if it was. It was that, I remember that conversation being weird because they talked about kids and it was like two, maybe three, two years. So, you know, like they didn't really know or he didn't really know. And I'm like, wait, if you want to also have a kid in two years, right? you are not going to be traveling the world. Well, that's like, why, I, you know, what, that's so why I'm sitting it? here going, are you implying that she should just drop out of school? Like literally what? What is your solution to this problem? Do you, are, are you asking her to drop out of school and just give up on it and, you know, travel with you occasionally in the next couple of years and then have your baby? Like, I don't really get what you're saying you expect, but it feels like there's no room for her life as it is in whatever you were imagining. Yeah. Which a week and a half before decision day is really fucking confusing to hear. Yeah. And... He's also so, like, condescending and rude and, like, really emphasizing that basically, like, she got started being responsible way too late in life. And it's like, F you. Like, do you have anything inside of you that, like, feels driven? All you're focused on is shaping this person into your, like, your dream cookie-cutter situation. I don't hear you being driven by her passions, her desires, her, I mean, God forbid, her needs. <laughs> like, I just. The I just, word he, sacrifice in in terms of relationships just does, I don't think he really gets that. I, I just, there's like things that, and, I, and it's hard because I think. I truthfully believe that this is all coming with the best of intentions. Yeah, in it's his just mind. The, the delivery of it, and like we said last week, getting confused by what he was saying at after party. It's just, I don't know. Just well, and it- this is what confuses me because they almost like they'll seem like they're in a rhythm, and they'll be acting like everything's perfect and there's no problems really, and then he comes with some really like rigid, intense, a decision must be made right now. And I don't know if that's going to work for me. You know what I mean? It gets very like, and because even in his interview, he's like, I mean, I want a woman who's in her career, not where I'm taking care of a kid and someone else. And I'm like, literally, what are you saying? And she's like, she's in her interview and she describes him as militant, that like he gets very militant 
when he has an idea about how something should go or how someone should be. And it can be so rigid and it's so different from the way that she views life and decision-making and everything. And I thought that's like literally a perfect word because that is how he gets when he's like this. And it it almost seems to me, I think we've talked about this before, but sometimes I'm like, can we just take a step back and remember that this is married at first sight. You did not know what kind of person and what stage of their career and what level of cooking skills they have. You didn't know any of this. And you had to know, or you had to be somewhat prepared that someone's life trajectory was not going to perfectly line Check up for every yours. every box you've ever And had. with that, there would have to be some cooperation, collaboration, and some mutual understanding and sacrifice to make this work. And I'm like, I feel like too much, too frequently, he kind of loses sight of that. And I just kind of wish that we would take a step back and acknowledge the process that led us here. Yeah. But all of that being said, like it sounded like they, well, you have more? Well, I was just going to say, she was clearly exhausted by him by the end. Like you could see it on her face. She was, she basically goes, so what are you, are you saying I need to change my timeline? Like, she's like, get to the point, you asshole. Like, clearly you're telling me that my plan as it stands won't work for you. So what are you suggesting? Which is exactly my question. And I don't think he really answered it. He just told her all the ways that she does not measure up to what he hoped for. But he didn't provide a solution. Because in my mind, like, what's this? Like I said, do you want her to quit school? Like, what is it? So I just felt bad for her because I felt like here we, I mean, and this isn't even an explosive fight, but it just shows like how many times she has to make the decision where it's it's easier to back down with someone like him than to investigate further, even though deep down that's kind of what needs to happen because just the way he's presenting this is kind of problematic. Yeah. Katina wears a nude bodysuit to the final reflection breakfast. And by nude, I don't mean the color called nude, but nude as in naked. <laughs> it was, a, it's just interesting. It was a choice. It was a choice. There was, was a camel toe. I mean, it needs, it was, it's, it has to be acknowledged. It was, it was a weird <laughs> outfit decision. I don't know much about women's fashion. Women's um, wear. Women's wear. But I didn't know if she was like auditioning to be Catwoman or what was happening here. <laughs> um, I just thought his reflection at the breakfast was a little weird. Like he was like, I mean, you know, we still got some stuff to figure out. I mean, it can get ugly. It gets ugly. You know, but there, there's possibly love here. We'll see. Yeah. And everyone like. I thought it was funny. Everyone zeroed in on that. It was like, oh, possibly love and giving him a hard time. And he's like, calm down, everyone. And he gets all flustered. But if everyone hadn't made light of that, it probably would have just been awkward in the air because that was, we. I de- it gets ugly. It's like, yeah, everyone knows it gets ugly because you get ugly. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not it. It's not amorphous. Like yeah. it's you. Yeah. But Okay. Oh, my goodness. All that being said, though, it seems like, I mean, they're still chugging along. chugging along. I mean, I still have all my same concerns about them. For sure. 
like when they say yes on decision day, as I am 99% positive, they will. I'm not going to be jumping for joy. That's all I have to say. Okay. We'll see. I got uh, plus 500 odds that a, t- a tear will be shed. By me? Yeah. Oh, just... wow. That's <laughs> Let that be recorded, folks. There is no <laughs> way in hell. Okay. I have, before you go into rankings, I have a question for you. Okay. I would like to know if you had to split all these couples up and repair them, who could you see working together? Hmm. I guess, could you see anyone? Like with different people? Yeah, different Um, matches. Hmm. I mean, I think... I think that Steve, with what I've seen uh-huh. from how he interacts with people, I think Steve is just a very agreeable person. Sure. So I think that he could be with a lot of he different. He could probably have been with any of them he, except Lindsay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would have loved to see Chris and Lindsay. Oh yes, yes, yes. That, yes. Me I too. would have loved to see Chris and Lindsay and just see how that played out. Yeah, because I brought I, something else. It's just a different her. way of handling her. Yeah. Um I'm trying to think who else. Um I think Katina and Michael could have worked. Yeah. I think it would have been really interesting, Olajuwon and Jasmina or Noy. Oh, oh like, god. That no. would have been interesting. Uh so I don't know. Do you have people that you like? Elijah Wan and Lindsay would have just been a permanent explosion in the sky. Yeah, that would have been a crazy That would have been like funny because they'd just both be giving each other their own medicine back and forth. And she would have had no patience for any of his chauvinism and would have lost her shit even more. I mean, it probably would have been really bad. Um, Imagining Jasmina... With anyone else is hard for me. But I guess if I had to pick someone, it would be Steve. Yeah. I don't yeah, think Steve's she would have dorky. had no yeah. patience for Elijah Wong's yeah, yeah, bullshit. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a good that's a good call. Jasmine and Noe, Steve. Noe could have worked with Michael. Yeah. But I almost think that she might be too similar and too shy yeah. that like they wouldn't have made as much progress. Yeah. Um, Interesting thought, though. Yeah, just kind of fun to think about. Before we get into my power rankings, I want to spend a little bit of time talking about the star of this episode. And that being Peru, Vermont. (laughs) Peru, Vermont, um, chartered in 1761 as a town. Originally, a little background for you. I don't know if anyone wants to know but keep going originally was named (laughs) bromley and in the early 1800s uh the name was the town was changed to peru to attract more people to the town by associating it with the south american province of peru which later became an independent country which was considered to be a great place of wealth apparently due to the rich silver mining industry there now peru vermont has adventure parks. I want to go to that theme park, by the way. Mediums. It has sound baths. It has alpacas. It has great Airbnb properties. It it seems like a gorgeous place. We should go. Did you want to? Yeah. Let's do it. Let's get a plane. I could never live there because of their winters, but I would love to visit. It seems like a gorgeous place. Let's do a trip. Peru. 
I feel like maybe I visited a school there with my mom, but in maybe Peru, that's Vermont? Virginia. Yeah, no, I think I think it's one of the V states. It's not. It wasn't Vermont. <laughs> okay. uh, so anyway, <laughs> Peru, Vermont showed out this week in an amazing town. Interesting. Um, if anyone has been there, let us know because this place just looks magical. Yeah. Power rankings. You didn't know I was going there, did you? I didn't know you were going to do a travel segment. <laughs> Parts unknown. Um, okay. Power rankings. Well, I'm going to see how you feel about this. I'm Ready. Coming in at number worried. four, we have Mark and Lindsay. Thank you. Coming at number three, we have Steve and Noy. Mmm. I see. I just there's. It's not. It's not a good time. You want to be peaking right now. I think they might have peaked too early. Mm. Like the fissures. But then you also say, don't say fissure. It's just the fissures disgusting. are there. Um, but sometimes the most solid couples have this like last minute. I know, and that's why it's kind of fun to bump them down a little bit. Okay. They've been right okay. at the top of the power rankings almost this whole season. Two, Elijah and Cantina, and number one, our favorite crockpot couple. Michael and Jasmina. I guess my only preguntar that I have, I would challenge you to explain why Elijah Wan and Katina are a better, more solid couple than Stephen Noy. Um, because is it just because uh, I think it's more having to do with some issues that I'm seeing in Stephen Noy's relationship. But what about the issues that we just said with Elijah Wan and Katina? They still are there just because you're not surprised by them anymore. Maybe. Hmm. Maybe. I don't, <laughs> they're my power rankings. I know. And I know you kind of like me to argue with you a little bit about it. And I have, I had something to say. That's all I have to say. Though. Well, 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 you know what? When you put out the power rankings, Instagram story, you know what you should do? Hmm. Have a little poll, agree or disagree, and we will reveal the results on next week's pod. Okay. To see how off I am. Okay. Sounds good. Okay, everyone. Well, we hope you have a gorgeous Easter weekend with friends and family and listening to Till Death to Us recap. <laughs> um, and yeah, we're starting to wind down, y'all. We're getting close to the end here. Like, yeah. we are up against the clock with these love stories and no one knows what will happen. So stay tuned, share with your friends, find us on social media, subscribe and leave a review if you haven't already. And thank you so much for listening. We love you and we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.